Hello and welcome to episode 629 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with a Tuesday prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain a good death. O Mary, how shall I die? Even now that I think of my sins and of that decisive moment, on which my salvation or eternal damnation depends, of that moment in which I must expire and be judged, I tremble and am confounded. O my most sweet mother, my hopes are in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thy intercession. O comfortress of the afflicted, do not then abandon me. Cease not to console me in that moment of so great affliction. If I am now so tormented by remorse for sins committed, the uncertainty of pardon, the danger of relapse, and the rigor of divine justice, what will become of me then? Unless thou helpest me, I shall be lost. Ah, my lady, before death obtain me great sorrow for my sins, thorough amendment and fidelity to God during the remainder of my life. And when my last moment arrives, O Mary, my hope, help me in the great distress in which I shall then be. Encourage me that I may not despair at the sight of my sins, which the devil will place before me. Obtain that I may then invoke thee more frequently, so that I may expire with thy most sweet name and that of thy beloved son on my lips. Nay more, my lady, but forgive my boldness. Before I expire, do thou come thyself and comfort me with thy presence. Thou hast granted this favor to so many of thy devout servants. I also desire and hope it. I am a sinner, it is true. I do not deserve so great a favor, but I am thy servant, love thee, and have full confidence in thee. O Mary, I shall expect thee. Do not disappoint me of this consolation. At least if I am not worthy of so great a favor, do now help me from heaven that I may leave this life, loving God and thee, to love thee eternally in paradise. Amen. Today, friends, with it being the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary, I wanted to discuss that a little bit, going through an article from the wonderful Catholic website, fisheaters.com. Also, a happy birthday to my sister. I love you very much. On the octave of Corpus Christi, we celebrate the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Today, on the octave of the Assumption of Mary, we celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. In the Novus Ordo, it is celebrated on the day after the Feast of the Sacred Heart. The focus of this feast is Mary's heart, not just her corporal heart, but her memory, intellect, will, spirit, and other aspects of her interior life in response to God, all of which St. John Eudes calls a vast sea of grace, a measureless ocean of perfections, an immense furnace of love. While our devotion to Christ's sacred heart is one of the human to the divine himself, our devotion to Mary's immaculate heart is rooted in our desire to imitate her human perfections, to come to be as virtuous and as close to God as is she, the one whose heartbeat lulled the unborn Jesus during the months he spent in her womb, the one who held her creator in her arms when he was a baby, all the while knowing the destiny of his passion as a young man, the one who stood bravely and filled with sorrow as she watched him die on the cross. Read much more about the history and meaning of devotion to Mary's Immaculate Heart here, and hyperlinks are given. And for a much deeper dive into the mystery of Mary's heart, this book in PDF form, from this site's Catholic Library may be of interest to you, The Admirable Heart of Mary by St. John Eudes. 
you'll find an excerpt of the book below. Customs. Many prepare for this feast by praying the Novena to the Immaculate Heart of Mary starting on August 13 and ending on August 21, the eve of this feast. Good prayers for the feast include this brief one by St. Gertrude. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, I have nothing in myself to offer thee that is worthy of thee, but what thanks ought I not to pay thee for all the favors which thou hast obtained for me from the heart of Jesus? What preparation ought I not to make thee for all my tepidity in thy service? I desire to return thee love for love. The only good that I possess is the sacred heart of Jesus, which thou thyself hast given me. I offer thee this treasure of infinite price. I cannot do more, and thou dost not deserve less at my hands. But receiving from me this gift, most precious in thy sight, be pleased, I beseech thee, to accept my heart, which I here offer to thee, and I shall be forever blessed. Amen. This longer one by St. John Eudes. Hail Mary, Mother of God the Son. Hail Mary, Spouse of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, Temple of the Most Blessed Trinity. Hail Mary, pure lily of the effulgent trinity. Hail Mary, celestial rose of the ineffable love of God. Hail Mary, virgin pure and humble, of whom the King of heaven willed to be born and with thy milk to be nourished. Hail Mary, virgin of virgins. Hail Mary, queen of martyrs, whose soul a sword transfixed. Hail Mary, lady most blessed, unto whom all power in heaven and earth is given. Hail Mary, my queen and my mother, my life, my sweetness, and my hope. Hail Mary, mother most amiable. Hail Mary, mother of divine love. Hail Mary, immaculate, conceived without sin. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed be thy spouse, Saint Joseph. Blessed be thy father, Saint Joachim. Blessed be thy mother, Saint Anne. Blessed be thy guardian, Saint John. Blessed be thy holy angel, Saint Gabriel. Glory be to God the Father who chose thee. Glory be to God the Son who loved thee. Glory be to God the Holy Spirit who espoused thee. O glorious Virgin Mary, may all people love and praise thee. Or the litany to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Again, hyperlink is given. As I wrote on the page about the Feast of the Sacred Heart, there are no special food-related customs that I know of, but a heart-shaped cake or cookies come easily to mind. To make a heart-shaped cake without a special heart-shaped pan, pour half of your cake batter into an 8-ounce, eight, 8-inch eight round pan, and the other half into an 8-inch square pan. Make sure equal amounts of batter go into each pan. After they're baked, remove from pans and cooled. Position the square cake on the diagonal so a corner is pointed toward you. Cut the round cake in half across its diameter, then place half up against the top left diagonal side of the square cake and the other half against the top right diagonal side of the square cake. Press it all together with buttercream and then decorate as usual. Don't forget the thorns. Note that the cake will be rather large in terms of surface area. You might have to get a 17 by 17 piece of cardboard and cover it with foil to use as a base for it. Note too that you could use nine inch pans. Just be sure that the pans are of equal size, either both eight inches or nine inches. But instead of thorns, you want roses, and if desired, one, three, or seven swords. See the site's page on the three hearts for illustrations of the hearts of Jesus and Mary. There is no special music for this day that I know of either, but I present two lovely versions of Ave Maria by Mozart. The first is around, and 
There are a couple of versions that are given. Head on over to fisheaters.com to check that out. It says to sing the K555, or excuse me, the K554 version above. You'll need four voices. You can download the sheet music in PDF format. Because of my deep love for the sea, I can't resist including on this page the reading below from St. John Eudes, The Admirable Heart of Mary, linked to above. Readings. Excerpt from The Admirable Heart of Mary by St. John Eudes, Chapter 6, Mary's Heart, the Sea. The admirable heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary is not only a fountain, as we have seen, it is also a sea, of which the ocean created by God on the third day is a beautiful figure. This is the fifth symbolic picture or representation of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. St. John Chrysostom says that the heart of St. Paul is a sea, Corpali Mara Est. But the Holy Ghost himself gives this name to the Most Holy Mother of God, and therefore to her heart, to which the title is even more applicable than to her person. Or we shall show that her heart is the principle of all the holy qualities that adorn her. The Holy Spirit declares that Mary, his most worthy bride, is a sea, a humble and learned writer who, while revealing his brilliant gifts and his excellent commentary on the Psalms, has chosen that his name and person remain unknown, reaches us that the name of sea is given in sacred scripture to the glorious virgin because she is indeed a sea of purity, vast in extent and in usefulness. We shall consider shortly that Mary is a mean in purity and in extent. As for usefulness, this holy doctor tells us that just as the sea does not permit the adjoining land to remain sterile, so the souls who approach the mother of God with true devotion bring forth abundant fruits of benediction, thanks to the graces she lavishly bestows on them. Let us say of her heart that it is a sea full of great and wondrous riches. In the order of nature, the sea is one of the greatest marvels of God's omnipotence. Wonderful are the surges of the sea. God, who is great everywhere, is especially admirable in the sea. Wonderful is the Lord in the depths. The holy heart of Mary is an ocean of wonders and an abyss of miracles. It is the extraordinary masterpiece of essential and uncreated love in which the effects of infinite power, wisdom, and goodness shine more brilliantly than in all the hearts of angels and men. What is the sea? It is the gathering of the waters, says sacred scripture, or if you prefer, it is the place where all the waters are gathered. Let the waters that are under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And the sacred text adds, the gathering together of the waters be called seas. Now, what is the august heart of Mary? It is the place where are gathered and united the living waters of all graces springing from the heart of God as from their first source. St. Jerome says, grace is divided among other saints, but Mary possesses the plenitude of sanctity. For the same reason, St. Peter Chrysologus calls Mary collegium sanctitatis, that is the place where grace and holiness are assembled and gathered together and St. Bernard, Mare Admirabile Gratiarum, a prodigious sea of graces. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea doth not overflow, says the Holy Ghost. Thus also, all the streams, all the torrents, and all the rivers of heavenly grace run into the heart of the Mother of Grace and are readily contained there. All the graces of heaven and earth merge their waters in the great sea of the Holy Heart of the Mother of the saint of saints. 
In me is all grace of the way and the truth. In Mary's heart are all the graces of the angels and of men, all the graces of the seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominations, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels and angels, all the graces of the holy patriarchs, prophets, apostles, evangelists, disciples of Jesus, martyrs, priests and Levites, confessors, hermits, virgins and widows, of the holy innocents, and of all the blessed in heaven. There is no overflow of grace in Mary. She is not overwhelmed, for her heart is worthy of all the gifts and all the liberalities of God's infinite goodness, and is capable of receiving and using them, all for the glory of his divine majesty. St. Bernardine of Siena tells us that all the gifts and graces of the Holy Ghost descended into the soul and heart of this heavenly virgin in such fullness especially when she conceived the Son of God within her chaste womb, that her heart forms an abyss of grace, which no human or angelic intellect can comprehend. The mind of God, that of her Son, Jesus Christ, and her own are alone capable of understanding the abundance and perfection of this mean of grace. The sea does not hoard its waters, but freely dispenses them to the earth through the rivers, which flow into the mean only to come out of it again, that they may water the whole earth and make it bear all kinds of fruit. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, they return to flow again. The heart of our munificent queen does not withhold any of the graces she receives from the generous hand of God. She returns them all to their first source and waters the barren earth of our hearts to the extent needed to make them fruitful for God and for eternity, that we may bring forth fruit to God. St. Bernard's words on this subject are most beautiful. He tells us that Mary desires to become everything to everyone. In her abundant charity, she denies no man a claim upon her heart. She opens the door of her mercy and the portals of her generous heart to all, that all may receive of her fullness. To the captive, she brings redemption. To the sick, healing. To the afflicted, comfort. To the sinner, forgiveness. To the just increase of grace, she augments the joy of the angels. To the Son of God, she gives the substance of human flesh. And to the most blessed Trinity, glory and everlasting praise. The love and charity of her heart make themselves felt by the Creator himself and by all his creatures. Yes, Mary's admirable heart is indeed a sea, being after our Lord himself, the basis and sustenance of the Christian world, a sea of charity and love a sea more solid and firm than that which sustained the feet of St. Peter as he walked upon its surface. Her heart is a mean more strong than the firmament itself, that sea of which St. John speaks in the Apocalypse, and in the sight of the throne was, as it were, a sea of glass like to crystal, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had overcome the beast standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Let us study the symbolism of the vision of the evangelist. Glass is a product which owes its clarity, shape, and perfection to molding in the heat of intense fire. Similarly, the heart of Mary was fashioned in the all-consuming fire of the Blessed Trinity, the furnace of the Holy Spirit, of which it is the most perfect work. Also, during her life on earth, the heart of Mary was tempered like glass in the furnace of suffering. St. John speaks of glass like to crystal, meaning glass that is both transparent and shining, 
absorbing and radiating clear light, the most vivid symbol of purity. The seed like under crystal is the mean of Mary's heart, shining in its flawless purity. Glass made by man is dark in darkness, needing light to be luminous, shining most brilliantly in the direct brightness of the sun, reflecting the measure of light it receives. Similarly, the admirable heart of Mary absorbs and reflects most marvelously the full celestial radiance of the eternal sun. She is the sea of crystal in the sight of the throne that is, directly before the face of the divine majesty, her entire existence being to receive and to reflect the image of God, not only as a sea, but as a shining mirror. St. John also speaks of the vision of a miracle, a sea mingled with fire, and thus he explains the inspired words of the Canticle of Canticles. Many waters cannot quench charity, neither can the floods drown it. These floods represent the torrent of sorrow that engulfed the heart of Mary, the beloved spouse, particularly during the passion of her divine son. O virgin daughter of Sion, great as the sea is thy deep affliction. Yet even the mean of sorrow did not overwhelm the fire of love in the heart of Mary, but rather caused its flames to glow more brightly. The evangelist envisions the saints standing upon the sea of crystal because their salvation has been founded upon Mary and they have chosen to dwell with her beloved son. Because of her, they have won the grace to chant forever the canticle of the Lamb, the hymn of praise, of joy, of victory over evil. Therefore, they stand upon the sea of her heart, hearing harps. O adorable Jesus, grant unto us that we may sing with thee, with thy mother most admirable, and with the entire company of the saints, this miraculous canticle, in praise of the adorable heart of the Blessed Trinity, which is the source of the countless wonders and perfections enriching the heart of Mary, the ocean of grace and charity. O Mary, thou sea of love unquenched by sorrow, behold my heart, the least and smallest of all hearts, a mere drop of water sinking, seeking to unite itself with thy vast ocean, to become lost in thy depths forever. O Mary, queen of all hearts, consecrated to Jesus, look down upon the tiny drop my unworthy heart offered to thee to become merged forever in the sea of thy glowing love. Mother of mercy, thou seest us here below, tossed upon a stormy sea of raging trial and temptation. In thy great mercy, deign to be our strength, our guiding star, our sustenance, that, standing firm upon that crystal sea before the throne, thy admirable heart, which tempest cannot assail, we may sing without fear. Thy royal heart is our pure light, our refuge safe. Why should I fear? Her goodness is firm, support of our lives. Nothing can trouble our hearts. So ends the entry on the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary at the excellent fisheaters.com website. Please go and check that out. I would like to conclude by mentioning, once again, Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org, and also episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. The topic of those podcasts is RPM, Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now we know she's a comprehensive genius who's skilled at composing music, very talented when it comes to mathematics. She knows foreign languages. 
Although her IQ has never been formally tested, it must be off the charts. And we would have known absolutely none of that. We didn't know what she wanted for breakfast, didn't know her hopes and dreams. We had to guess. And you can imagine, put yourself in her shoes, how frustrated you would be if you were unable to communicate with the people you love the most. Now she's able to do that because of RPM. Communication is a human right. And just as sign language was a monumental breakthrough for the deaf, so RPM has been a monumental breakthrough for non-speakers. But you can't use a tool unless you know about it. So we need to get this information to the family and friends of non-speakers. Please do so. Once again, that website is halo-soma.org. Halo-soma.org. And please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast for more information. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Goodbye, and God love you.